Welcome to the Geek to Geek podcast, where it's officially summer. I'm Void, and I'm here with my co-host, Beige. Woo, it's been summer for a long time here in Alabama. Nah, it's official now. Today Official, we're talking... that's true. It's the season season of it. True. Today we're talking about summer gaming slump. And I don't think it's a super huge topic, but it's something that's always bugged me, so I wanted to touch on it. It's like it always happens this time of year, and I've never really understood it. Because, like, we get to June, July, and usually parts of August, too, and game publishers just, like, don't put out games. And it's, I don't know, it seems like they would have, like, one, two, maybe even three months to themselves if they released, like, one of their giant tentpole games at this time of year. Yeah, and, I mean, it's like movies. This is the big time for movies that people are going and seeing and wanting to do that, that you would think that there would be some sort of summer call of duty. Right. Like there, it seems like there should be something. And I mean, as a kid, this happened too with video games. And I didn't understand because it's like, that's the one time kids are home from school for months on end. If you want a kid to obsess over your game, like 24 seven, release it at the beginning of the summer they have all Uh summer to play games and that's all they're gonna do that's why christmas is absurd for kids like me at least i remember having just so many games i would get more than one over christmas and i would have two weeks afterward to play through everything until i just had to do it you know around homework so the summer was when i really got to dig in because i wasn't an outdoor kid i hated being outside i was inside playing games and watching tv all summer long yeah and i mean even now like i'm more of an outdoor adult than i ever was as a kid oh yeah i i hate going out in the middle of the day in the summer like i do not like direct sunlight i don't like to you know be in the sun for very long i burn obviously like i just burn super easily but it's it's that direct sunlight i just don't enjoy it so even though i get out in the summer it's usually like beginning of the day and end of the day like i try to do it um not necessarily sunrise but at least when the sun isn't directly overhead and not like sweltering heat and then sunset i do a lot of like sunset runs sunset walks stuff like that when it's nice out like i like the temperature and the sun isn't just like killing me so yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, there's time in the middle of the day in the summer to just hang out in the air-conditioned inside and play a game. <laughs> um, yeah. And I, I hope that they have metrics to back it up. I would assume that they do, but it's just never made sense to me. Yeah, I mean, I would assume they have, you know, numbers and financials showing that there's a slump in sales, so try to push it so people don't forget about it. But you would think there would be, like you said, a tentpole game that came out to be able to to really hit the kids. But if you're, depending on what target audience you're trying to get, it might just be a bad time with a lot of people trying to get outdoors going on vacation not having nearly the amount of time free as as they think they're going to uh with travel and i mean library summer reading programs are huge with a lot of people i know kids who stay with their grandparents a lot so there are things going on in the summer while they're gone that they can't do so i guess it overall that might be why it is even though we're not part of that it could just be like seasonal buying patterns people are busy with holidays in the summers they don't buy things i don't know but it it feels like you could i mean obviously you're not going to take all your releases from like september through november you know that's the core season you're not going to put all of them in the middle of summer but it's like one just like like move one of them (laughs) and there are games like um shadow of war that was supposed to come out here in the next uh i want to say like month and they bumped it 
to the busy, busy fall season. And like it would have dominated the industry talk for months because it would be the only thing to talk about. And now, like, I'm still excited for it. I'm still going to get it. But honestly, it's going to get lost in the shuffle a little bit. And I don't understand that because you think about last year when we were talking about Infinite Warfare and Titanfall 2 and so many of them coming out in the same week that that would things got lost in the shuffle at that point. Things really did get looked over. Maybe it's because of Steam sales and the there's the Steam Summer Sale and then Green Man Gaming and and GOG. They all do summer sales that are that are crazy. So maybe a lot of people end up doing retro gaming and backlog gaming during this time of year as opposed to brand new stuff because they have extra time so they can go knock through a bunch of them. I know I've done that before. I mean, yeah, and part of it is like it's like chicken and egg, right? Like, are they doing backlog stuff? Because I'm doing some backlog stuff right now and getting back into games that I didn't know if I would. But it's also because there's nothing new coming out. If there was something new coming out, I would be playing that instead. Even like, right. I'm still surprised at all of the games from like March-ish. Remember how many things came out like in, what was it? Like end of Q1, beginning of Q2, whatever that was. Um, yeah, and you we were got, just like, we, yeah, we got way more games than we normally do. And they were all piled in like week after week after week. It's like, bump one of those to the middle of summer or take one of your games that was going to be in the fall and like move it up it's just i don't know it it surprises me now isn't nintendo doing monthly releases with one of their main game one of their main series over the next year basically to build up the switch where at least if you've invested in that you're going to be able to get new titles that are worth buying like that yeah nintendo actually has like one big title every single month so they're kind of the only ones i was looking forward to i mean honestly that's why i got arms like if there were other games coming out that i was super pumped about i probably wouldn't have gotten arms i mostly got it because it was new my kids wanted it and i thought it was decent and like there's nothing else coming out right now but i was looking at the summer releases like i looked at the list of everything coming out basically between now and august and things start to pick up kind of mid-august but I was kind of scraping the barrel, like the bottom of the barrel to try to find anything. I mean, so arms, right? And then there's the Curia Revolution, which honestly, most people probably haven't heard about, but I liked some of the games in that series. Um, There's the Final Fantasy XII Remaster. It's a game from years and years ago. I forgot about that, actually. I didn't. What is it? Zodiac something or other? Yeah, it's like the international job system. I don't remember the new subtitle of it. You're right. It's Zodiac something. But it's just, it's a remaster. It's a game that's old. Um, there's a new Layton game, but it's coming out on iOS. So it's not even like a main series Layton game. And I don't even love Layton games that much. But again, scraping the bottom of the barrel here. And then Splatoon 2. Splatoon 2 is the only summer game that I'm like actually really excited for. That one's out mid-July, towards the end of July, kind of. And then again beginning of august there's not a whole lot and then after like mid-august the fall season kind of kicks in and then we should have regular game releases all the way through the rest of the year all the way through the holidays anyway and then what's really going to be fantastic is and one of the things that is really good about there not being a lot of games being released in the summer is that it gives people who didn't get through the giant pile in the spring to play through that because i was just thinking about next summer and how many games we talked about during e3 that are being released in q1 of 18 where the summer will be long for people like that and for people who haven't been able to invest in say breath of the wild or uh, horizon zero dawn where they're gonna have a lot more time free 
to play things like that with the open world games that they can really dive into yeah yeah i I don't know it'll be interesting to watch but i just wanted to bring it up because like i said it's something that like it always bugged me um but what are you like actually playing now? Because I mean, I'm lucky that Final Fantasy 14 came out. Yeah. And actually, that's one of the things that that I'm wanting to play is summer and winter always make me want to play online games of some kind. You know, I've talked about playing World of Warcraft right now. And I've until Stormblood came out this year. And I really want to play Final Fantasy 14 again. My friends and I who were playing it together years ago have talked about getting back into Stormblood and moving forward. And it's I don't know. It is it's very weird to me that not enough, not a lot of expansions come out in the summer for MMOs. I know having played World of Warcraft for so many years that people always wanted a summer expansion so that they could play it. And I did, too. And then they always end up coming out in the fall because, you know, money, but and money and Christmas and all of that. But right now. Well, I, I never really had anything to play, so I'm using Legion as that right now, and that's fun. Stormblood will be cool. But summer, I really want to explore and be social and be able to sit during some of those hours and just play around and do things. That That is one of my favorite things to do in winter and summer is just invest in a world and a game, which is why I think about things like Breath of the Wild and Horizon Zero Dawn and these open worlders that summertime is a great time for doing that. I think I played uh, Arkham City when I came back from vacation one July, that that was fantastic to wake up. And, you know, it was when I was teaching, so I didn't have any a job to do. So it was like I, I lived in Gotham City for a while there. And that's what I like to do during the summer. And so it's been OK for not having a lot of, of new games for me generally, because I catch stuff on sale on the Steam sales and do backlog stuff that I haven't played for years. Yeah, I mean, the only things I have right now, like I'm working on the four job fiesta, but Final Fantasy 14 Stormblood just came out like a week ago. So I was playing catch up to get to that content so I could dive into it. And then this week, I really started on Stormblood like for real. And I I don't know, I'm glad that I got a whole new piece of content because I'm like really digging into it. And if there were other like single player releases coming out, I might not have picked up Stormblood. Um, So it's actually pretty good timing for me. And I tend to fly through MMO expansions, so we'll see how long it lasts. Like, it's not going to last this whole summer slump. Um, but hopefully by the time I wrap it up, we'll be close enough to Splatoon 2, and then that'll tide me over until we get to fall releases. That's kind of my plan right now. But again, uh, I just kind of keep an eye on it and play it by ear. And that was something I was going to comment on, was that you tend to treat MMO expansions almost like single-player games, where oh, yeah. you'll have people that you play with, but you're getting through the story, you're getting through the content, you're pushing through to get to the end of it, and you use Final Fantasy XIV as a Final Fantasy game, not so much an MMO or a Final Fantasy MMO. Yeah, it is a Final Fantasy game first for me, and it's an MMO second, for sure. And I know other people, it's the other way around, but... Yeah, I I see it as a Final Fantasy game and I use it like a single player game. Um, And then typically once I like beat the content of it, I will keep playing until my subscription is up and that's where I'll just stop. Like I won't renew my subscription the next time after I've completed the current content. And, you know, that's a good way to see what happens at Endgame, because I really do like Endgame content in MMOs. So during the summer, that's a good time like right now where I got through the I got through all of the Legion leveling and world content. I've got three 110s right now, and I've seen all of it. I'm done 
with that stuff. And there's still enough going on in the end game with new content that they're putting in that I'm continuing to play to see more new stuff that I like. But whenever I run out of that, I'm not just going to do a grind. And I know that outside of games, too, you said that, like, it gives you a chance to catch up on other stuff, right? Like TV was one of the things. And I tend to binge TV during the summer. Jennifer and I usually pick one show, and and it's been kind of off for the last year or two while releases have been kind of meh, that TV hasn't really caught our attention in terms of dramas lately. But we usually have a TV show in the summer that we want to sit and watch together at night. And I've mentioned it before, how we actively watch TV together instead of just sitting and staring. We're talking and laughing and looking up stuff on about the production and the actors and so it's a it's our qual- a lot of quality time for us and sometimes we have that sometimes we don't but it's a good way to keep my mind on doing something like that and I'll watch stuff alone during the day while I'm working you know I got through the handmaid's tale and uh casual on hulu just came back on so I've got that going occasionally in the in the background while I'm working so I really like tv binges uh during the summer and Mr. Robot should be starting up soon so that kind of thing really keeps my attention when there's not as much else to do um got back into hearthstone mobile gaming kind of one-offs like that is really good for between like runs or before something like that to you know when i'm not outside or want to be outside and still do something while just i like the sun so i'll sit there and just be like "Mm, it's sunny i like the sun and uh because i don't burn so i'll play hearthstone on the front porch or something like that yeah that's understandable i mean i I actually don't do background tv ever which is so that's interesting to me that you can do tv while you're working but that's a whole different subject um yeah i mean i guess that's kind of it for this main topic i like i said i just i needed to get it off my chest i knew it would be a shorter topic but this summer gaming slump it always just kind of bugs me a little bit it irks me oh and i well i was gonna say i'm really curious how other people deal with the slump with not having new games like that because i have seen more people posting about online games right now with final fantasy 14 being released and just different stuff like that i'm really interested on how other people handle that yeah so let us know know. cool uh we should probably move on to the geeky offer of the week then you have the book this week what do you got uh yeah and i'm amazed i haven't actually mentioned this in the past but have you ever read the time traveler's wife by audrey niffenegger i've seen it It, i mean i've seen it a bunch in bookstores and stuff it seems like it was a huge book for a long time it was and i loved it that i kind of resisted it for a little while and it's a very interesting book and the audiobook is just 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 awesome because it is divided into chapters in from the perspective of the husband and the wife and he has a genetic anomaly that he kind of disappears and goes to a different point in the past or the future and it's called chronal displacement disorder or something like that and it's very unique obviously but other than that It is not a science fiction book. It is a book that non-linearly tells the story of their relationship. And it's very human, where, where because it's told from the perspective of each character in alternating chapters, the audiobook has two different narrators, so you really feel the difference in this relationship and how things progress on different ends of it. And I'm not sure if it's a book that you would buy into because it 
it is set in the real world, but by, you know, him traveling in time against his will because of a genetic anomaly, it also has a really, really interesting kind of what if factor. And so the the audiobook was just awesome and I've listened to it multiple times and for a long time I considered this my favorite book. Wow. Um Ready Player One actually beat it out as favorite book and audiobook, but this one was super good, which makes me kind of amazed that I haven't mentioned it before. But the Time Traveler's Wife I cannot recommend enough. Cool. And you guys can get that for free on audibletrial.com slash geek to geekcast or you can get really any book. One book for free on us. It helps us, helps you. Audibletrial.com slash geek to geekcast. Um, with that, it's time for our weekly geekery where we share what we've been geeking out about this week. You watched more Master of None, right? I love this show. Okay, you good. you got me into watching this again, where Jennifer and I had kind of forgotten about it, and we're like, we watched some, it's good, and then we did other things, and now it is the perfect show that I'm in the mood for. That that it is everything I want out of TV. We just started season two a couple of nights ago. We're a few episodes in, and right now. Arnold and Dev, their friendship, Big Buddy and Little Buddy, are my favorite friendship on TV. <laughs> that watching those two together yeah. makes me happy as a person, not as a viewer, not as somebody who is watching a TV show, but it's like... I want a friend like that. It's like, I don't, I don't have, and, and Austin and I are actually a lot like that in our relationship when we're together, but it's just like, that's awesome that they are unabashedly friends that n to, to the extent that they don't care what goes on in any other aspect of, uh, they're not being judged on it. It is just like, we are best friends. We love each other and we are here for each other. And it's so optimistic that, that watching them together, I just want, I want like a buddy show spinoff of just those two with no other cast and just those two doing like the uh, Hemingway movable feast of him just driving with, was it Scott Fitzgerald? I think that, that, that they I, did you that. You lost I, me with your reference with that one. But 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 I want something like that of just them traveling together and having adventures, just the two of them. Because Have you them in Italy, into season two yet? Yeah, them oh, in okay. Italy is yeah. probably my favorite part of the season. Straight up, just I love it. I could rewatch that part forever. Cool. No, I'm glad that you're liking it. So, did you finish it, or are you still in season no, two? No, no, I haven't finished it yet. We're a good third of the way through season two, I believe. Okay, sweet. You have to report back when you finish it up. But I'm glad that I got you back into it because that's a good show. You did. It is really good. Like I, I'd heard it was good and it was fine for the first few episodes. And then it got fantastic after the first few. Yeah. And then you've been doing MMOs too. How's, how's have, WoW going? Uh, WoW was actually going really fantastic. I unlocked flying in the new content and it is absolutely ridiculously long to do to unlock the the new the new continents flying there there are so many achievements so many quests so much reputation to get it is work to get sometimes because it you have to plan out what you're going to work on like your goals have to be centered around that even if you're just playing the game and doing stuff you look like okay this is the part that i'm you know this is what i'm gonna have fun with doing today to progress this part of it and it is worth every second of it that if you're playing that game and you're like eh, i don't need flying kind of like i was at first no nah, you do it is 
it, it is a quality of life thing that the game became more fun whenever I got flying uh, yesterday, actually. So it's it's super new and super awesome. Yeah, I'm working on that in Heavens or, or not Heavens Word, uh, Stormblood right now. And right. do you know how that works in Final Fantasy I, 14? I know how the the Heavens Word stuff did vaguely. Like you explore each zone on foot, hitting different landmarks, and then when you hit each one, you unlock flying for that particular area right yeah it's kind of you basically got it instead of landmarks they're called these uh it's like aether currents so Mm. it's basically you're learning the currents of like the ethereal wind for the area um and so once you hit all of those points in the zone you can fly in that zone because you understand it but essentially it's just an excuse to make you explore the zone enough so this is kind of like ties back into what we were talking about last week with like exploration and motivation like this is the type of thing that i love i love exploring with a purpose so finding these ethereal wind points in the zones so that i can fly in the zone that's like perfect for me that's right in my wheelhouse so i've been doing that a lot this week too as i'm slowly unlocking the zones even though final fantasy 14 um they do typically gate at least one of those behind a quest at a certain level so you have to stay on foot up to a point Uh, um but i'm getting all the ones that i can get so that as soon as I get to those points, I'll get flying right away. You know, I won't Do have to like backtrack. No, no, I don't look them up. They have a, there's a, what's it called? It's like a compass, basically, that okay. you can um, fire that off every five seconds or so. And it tells you where the nearest one is in terms of how far away it is and what direction it is. So it doesn't like put it on your map or give you a giant yeah. arrow to it, but it essentially will get you there, you know, if so, you just keep firing it off. So Final Fantasy fourteen has brought back since heading from EverQuest. Yes. No, that's a that's a very good pull. That's it kind of <laughs> exactly what it's like. Yep. That makes me so happy for the the not fun of since heading but the nostalgia of just i've done that before that's not so bad that's terrible but i've i've done worse well at least this time you have like a map with an icon on it to (laughs) let you know where you are like that that changes it very much from everquest it does do you remember in everquest to go on a tangent did you ever buy any of the atlases that they released so that you would have a map to run around i remember printing out a binder full of maps because I didn't have one of those atlases for a long time just to oh, have yeah. like the maps on a grid so you could figure out like where you were because you could always sense like your XY position, right? Yeah. If I remember right. So you could figure it out from that, but it was like there were no maps in the game. It was just it was crazy. So it it's w- not yeah. to that extent. Final Fantasy 14, I mean, you have a mini map that's always like it's a good mini map. You yep. kind of like auto unlock areas as you get close to them and it explores a whole area at a time. Yep. Super, um, super good like yeah. that. It is. There, there's a map. <laughs> there's a map. So there, it's exploration with a point, which I really like. But anyway, yeah, I did a bunch of that this week. So it's good that you're working on flying. I'm working on flying. But we're both having fun in MMOs. <laughs> what else it's did true. you have? Uh, I'm working on the third Mistborn book whose name I can't remember. I can never remember the name of this book. Isn't because it Hero these- of Ages? Is it the Hero of Ages? It's because there's the Well of Ascension sounding. and the Well, the second one and the third one are the Hero of Ages and the Well of Ascension. And I can never remember which is which. I think the Well of Ascension is the second one and the that Hero of right. Ages is the third one. Yep. But I don't know. And whatever the third one is, I really, really like this book because it is so different in tone from the others. It's much a lot of times, better than the second one. I really liked the second one, and I think it's because I like the world so much that I got into the politics, and I like I like the characters, and the more I've read this, I had mentioned it uh, about a month back 
that one of my blog readers like seven years ago had said that I was like Ellen Venture and I reminded him of him. And the more I've read this, I'm like, that's a big compliment. You're right, because Ellen is a straight up good guy that that he just wants to help other people. I'm like, oh, it made me feel good. So. So, so yeah, the third one's great. I can't wait to get into the next series, the Alloy of Law ones, the because I don't remember anything about the third book, apparently. I remember what happens at the end, but in terms of plot, I don't remember this book at all, that it's 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 like reading it for the first time you should before you get into the second trilogy you should read that standalone story that has kelsier okay it's, yeah it's a really good complement to the first trilogy and it doesn't i mean it has some implications for the second trilogy but like right when all of that information is fresh in your mind you should read that one and i know it's in the oh. cosmere collection but it might okay. also be just like a short story you can buy Cool, and I've got the audiobook of Arcanum Unbounded, so I'll be able to listen to that. Okay, so yeah, that's it's great. in there for sure. And you bought me Portal 2. I did. Because you're, I, I checked my email last night. I'd kind of been disconnected working and uh, just kind of going in and, and playing WoW a little bit when I couldn't take any more writing and web design. And I looked at my email and it was like, hey, BJ, play this. Or actually, it said, Dear BJ, play this. And I was like... <laughs> it's because Steam makes you... It only gives you so many, like, um, salutations and, like, sign-offs on it. You know? I don't know yeah. if you've gifted very much on oh, Steam. Oh, yeah, yeah. But it, it was you so have funny. to so, do I knew- it from the drop-downs. Like, you can't just write anything. So it's like, Dear whoever. I'm like, okay, sure, we'll roll with this. And I laughed so hard when I saw that because I could hear you saying it in just that kind of dry podcasty voice that you've got. Nice. Where it's like, Dear PJ, play this. Yep. And I was like, yep, that's and I'm going to. I haven't installed it yet, but it makes me happy to be able to because to, I was working on flying in my time last night. But it, I'm going to play Portal 2 because I'm excited for the story, weirdly enough. Well, after our conversation last week, yeah. and then the fact that the Steam sale kicked in and Portal 2 was literally $1.99. It was like less it, than $2. It's less than yeah. half the cost of like a Starbucks drink. I mean, yeah, I got it for yeah. you. Like you should I appreciate try that too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I didn't actually know the Steam sale was on. So I logged in on Steam on my phone after I got that email and I was like, Steam sale! And I saw Fallout 4 being $14.99. And I almost bought it. Almost bought it, and then I remember talking a few weeks ago about how even if I find Fallout 4 for $15, I know I wouldn't play it. So I was like, I'm not going to buy it because I know I wouldn't play it. So Yeah, I mean, like the Steam sale isn't actually appealing to me as much this year. I, I think I felt like this the last Steam sale also. It's just I've bought so many games over so many Steam sales. I kind of have everything I want now. And True. everything that I want in future Steam sales is in my wish list. And I have a lot of games in there. So when a Steam sale hits, I go to my wish list. I sort by price. And if anything is under $10, I grab it. And right. I went to my wish list. I sorted by price. And everything was over 10 bucks. So I was like, OK, well, I guess I'm not getting anything this time. That's fine. I'll just wait for the next one. Because like Steam has now trained us to the fact that there's at least two sales a year, if not four sales a year uh-huh. like there's, there's seasonal sales i think really yeah. so unless you're super pumped about a game and you're gonna play it within the next like week or two you might as well just wait for the next steam sale because it's probably gonna be even cheaper then and that's kind of where i'm at with it 
And I read an analysis, I think it was last year maybe, of the all of the sales together, Green Man Gaming, GOG, and Steam, and Humble Bundle, and the Humble sales. And Steam was actually not the one that had the best deals, that, that typically one of the others had lower prices, but people missed out on them because they weren't the big one. That if you watch the other three and you like sign up for their emails and you get their, their sale notices, you will save on average more money by buying from them as opposed to Steam. Yeah, I don't have time for that. I, I, I wait exactly. For the Steam I just sale. get the emails and look at them when they come through, so I'll know. And I've occasionally grabbed a super cheap game that way. But yeah. I mean, Steam's so easy. But I mean, they're evil corporate Steam and blah 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 blah. Uh, whatever. I like the platform, and like <laughs> I said, it takes me all of ten seconds when a Steam sale starts to sort my wish list by price, right? And then decide if anything is under ten dollars. Like it's it's easy now because they used to do all the flash sales. They used to do like all yep. of these rolling deals that change day to day, and you had to stay on top of it. And then a couple Ugh. Steam sales ago, ago they changed it, so it's just all the prices are the price for the entire sale as of like day one. So and that makes me so happy because I've missed sales and I w- the, for games that I've been waiting on. So I'm glad they stopped doing the rolling sales because if I missed a couple of days without checking, without just thinking about it, it made me very angry. Yeah, that's understandable. Um, so me this week, I watched the Power Rangers movie. And I actually I really liked it for what it is like within the context of the type of movie I knew it was going to be. It was great. But again, it's within the context of that movie, kind of like, you know, what Transformers is kind of going to be when you go into it, even though I don't really like that series. But, you know, just for context, you know what I'm getting. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's that's a. I don't expect a cinematic masterpiece out of it. I don't I'm not looking for something that is going to win an Oscar and and that is going to stand the test of time. I want Power Rangers. Yeah, I mean, for a movie that's made to prey on my nostalgia, like, it's it's exactly what I wanted. So it worked out. Um, the first two-thirds of it, I thought were actually really good, like, in terms of character. Like, I, you know, I think of Power Rangers, and I think of all the, like, TV show cheesy yep. teenage interactions from the 90s that I watched. This felt, like, pretty genuine, honestly, between all the teenagers in it, in a way that I was surprised that they had that much, like, depth and honesty in this movie and the first two-thirds of it were like that and it was really good and then the last third is just like a bombastic cgi fest which is kind of what i expected and it goes off the rails but again that's that's totally to be expected so for what it was i really like this movie it made me laugh too because i woke up to a text message that said that you had watched it and you were telling me about it and i told jennifer the night before that i want to rent power rangers sometime and Redbox it that i I really want to sit down and watch it soon and then apparently you and i were on the same wavelength because the same night i said that and just didn't get it that you had watched it as well yeah, no, I mean, I liked all of the main Power Ranger characters, like all the people that they got on the cast were really good casting. And oh, my God, like Billy by far is the best cast in that entire movie. So I'm really excited. Once you watch it, we'll talk about it a little yeah. more in depth. I don't want to give anything away. Not that there's a whole lot to spoil, but you get some reactions. And then we'll talk about it again. So okay. Power Rangers was good. Um, I also built a tiny arcade cabinet with my daughter this week, which was really fun to do. It was a project that I don't I think I got it from Think Geek. And 
it's powered by like a little circuit. It's basically like a Raspberry Pi or Arduino type of thing. Um, and it came pre-programmed with one game. I'm sure I could okay. hack it with more if I wanted to, but I don't really want to. It was more about just like building it with her. So we put that together and it turned out really cool. I sent you a picture of it, right? Yeah, it looked awesome. And I actually thought it was a Raspberry Pi. Whenever you sent it, I thought you had bought a Raspberry Pi in this little kit to put this together. I, I didn't realize that it was an actual tiny arcade kit. Yeah, no, it's a kit. I mean, uh, the Raspberry Pis are too big. Like, this is a really small one. So it's like a purpose-built set of, like, logic board, processor board, and uh, stuff for it. Because it's it's smaller than you would think. It's very small. It can fit in your hand easily. So that was pretty cool to do. Um, I did a little bit more of the Final Fantasy V four-job fiesta. So, again, I have Monk and I have Time Mage from the first two uh, crystal jobs. And I'm getting very close to the Fire Crystal. I would have played more of it. But Final Fantasy 14 came up, and that's where most of my time went this week. But if you want to follow along, you can always go to fourjobfiesta.com. I mean, you can register there if you want to do it. But if you haven't registered by now, you're probably not that interested. But you can follow anybody you know who's doing it. You just look them up by their Twitter handle. So you can go to fourjobfiesta.com and check it out if you want to see where I am right now as you're listening to this. Hopefully, I'll be past the fire crystal. Um, I played a bunch of Final Fantasy 14. So I still had to finish up the Heavensward content, all the patch content. So I think last time we talked, I was at like 3.4, and I had basically the rest of that and then two more patches to go. So I did that. And it's really good at making you go back to old places and old people that you've interacted with over the course of the main story in a way that feels very organic. Like, uh, I'm, I'm just kind of amazed how ham-fisted WoW feels in comparison to this. Like, yeah, they try to draw old characters back in, but Final Fantasy XIV, like, there are reasons to go back and visit people where they live, where they've been, and just kind of catch up on things okay. in a way, like, almost like you would do in the real world. Like, some time has passed. You've been doing things, you know? Mm-hmm. You've been in Ishgard fighting, like, the end of this Dragon Song War and trying to, like, broker a peace between people. What has everybody else been doing from you know, the initial, like, Realm Reborn content and getting everybody back together and kind of, like, where do we stand now? You know, a bunch of stuff has happened. Like, where do we, as the main group of people, they're called the Scions of the Seventh Dawn. That's, like, your main group. Um, Where do we stand? Like, what is our organization about these days? Like, should we continue on? Or, like, what's our leadership structure? It's, like, things that don't necessarily sound super interesting if you're not into the story. But if you are, it becomes just, like, oh, these are, like, the friends that we get to visit and catch up with. And it's really, really good. And that's really cool to me. And as a story, as a storytelling device and narrative device, that's awesome. As someone who skips the story, I am so irritated by Final Fantasy XIV's constant moving around. Okay, go back here. Go to Gridania. Go, go to... It's just, oh, I just want to go do the new stuff. Uh, but it's all, I don't I don't care know, about it's all that. in service to the new stuff. Did you ever even it beat is. A Realm Reborn? No, I never finished it because I got really frustrated. I got frustrated for two reasons. I got frustrated because the the storyline took forever to get through, and I never powered through just pushing through the content to finish up. And second, my only character at 50 was a white mage. And without having a DPS class, it got really tedious to play and do everything that I needed to do. And right now, I'm not in a healing mood. I leveled my priest in WoW and realized I am not 
I don't want to be a healer, so I'm working on transitioning into a mage. And I went and looked on the lodestone yesterday, and my my black mage that I wanted to play, my thaumaturge, is only at level 26. And so that would be leveling entirely through. And I'm sure there are catch-up mechanics and everything by now, too. But I don't really want to level an entirely new character. But they have a $25 character boost. So I was like, yay, character boost. I could do that. But it's up to level 60. So if I were to do that and resubscribe eventually it would be past the heavensward content that i want to see so i'm kind of it's like like chandler being in friends said rock hard place me uh so well i would suggest that maybe you take a look at the two new classes that got added within the last yeah. two weeks here because you can start red mage and start what's the other one samurai um, and they both have really good catch-up mechanics that wouldn't necessarily bypass all that stuff. And they start at yeah. a higher level, too, than your Black Mage is at. Oh, I, I didn't know right. that they started higher. I, I thought yeah. they were back at one, like, when I think no. it was uh, Machinist or whatever it was that came in that was at one. I don't rem- I, I would have to look it up. I want to say they started at least 30, but it might actually be 50. So okay. you should take a look and just see what the options are, because there might be some good option that would work for you. So okay, I'd be cool. interested to see, because the end of, like, A Realm Reborn, gets really really good and i feel like i don't know exactly where you are in the story and you might not either because it's been a while Uh, but i want to say it was like two or three patches before heavensward okay yeah so you're in the part of the story where they're like regrouping after all the events of like the main uh 2.0 so there's a little bit of downtime in there. That's what you're in right now. And then it starts to pick up into Heavensward, and then it gets really good throughout all of Heavensward. And then again, it's it's some downtime in between. That's what I just did in this last week, was like the downtime between Heavensward and Stormblood. So okay. I don't know. Um, let me know if you decide to get back into it. I know you're into WoW right now, but like we know there's some time here in the summer to play catch up and revisit things. So we Okay, can... and I do have a I do have a question for you. Yeah. Um what server are you on? Cactar. Okay, I'm on Leviathan, so it may not work uh, with that character at the very least. Um, because with that, there is a callback. I, th- I can't. I think it's called callback that you can invite a friend back for seven days through your account. Do you know if you could do that for me since I'm not technically on your friends list? Ooh, I have no idea, but we can look at that offline and people okay, can was, find out but, later. But there is that mechanic, so if everybody out there has a friend who is actively playing, you can do that and get invited back and try it out. And yes, I just looked it up. The Red Mage does start at 50. There you go. I think that might be your way back in. Red Mage looks might be. really cool. All of the ones that I've played with, I'm like, oh man, I want to try that out. Cool. That may be a very good idea to unlock using my White Mage if I can come back and then continue up DPSing that way and then wouldn't feel so bad, you know, going back to Thaumaturge. Yeah, and then you like get some, some magic and some stabby and Red Mage is a really cool class to look at. Um, I was looking forward to a Red Mage because I used to love them in the single player games because I like that kind of, I like that combo and I never played one in 11 to see how they did. I've read up on it a little bit, but I'm really interested, especially with them being forced to balance black and white magic because of the uh, I was looking at the new gauges that they put in with Stormblood and 4.0. So it, with uh, powers and things like that. So it'll be very interesting. Yeah, and like Final Fantasy 14, the devs are really good to their players. They go back and they patch in content for anything that they add. So if yeah. you went back and you picked up Red Mage, which sounds like might be the way to do it, um, there will be like Red Mage gear all along the way. 
in, yes. in all of the main story content. Like they go back and they put that stuff in because I know I've been seeing it as I've been playing catch up here a little bit. Like there's red mage gear there. There's um, samurai gear there. There's stuff like that for the new c- classes, even though you might be beyond it already. I don't know. It's, it's interesting what they do. But the other thing I wanted to mention with Final Fantasy 14 was that it really multitasks like characters and plot lines in a way that most stories don't because i feel like every other mmo expansion that i've done when you step into it it's okay we have one plot there's like an a plot and that's it that's everything like you follow Mm -hmm. this plot all the way through and nothing else is happening in the world and i guess i never realized that that bugged me until i saw how final fantasy 14 does it because there's kind of an a plot and a b plot and there's usually a c plot and maybe a d plot also like there's a lot happening in the world and there are big events that happen, big clashes that happen, characters who end up dying or disappearing and stuff like that. And it doesn't always tie directly into the A plot, but they all come together in the end and like crisscross and you jump between them. And I really like that. It feels more real or more organic right. in a way that I enjoy. So, I mean, without giving away anything of the story, just because there's a lot there that people want to experience for themselves, um, they're doing a really good job so far in Stormblood of balancing Doma and Garlean storylines and like where you focus on which. So there's like Alamiga stuff going on and there's Doma stuff going on. And if you haven't played the game, you don't know what I'm talking about, but I, I anyway. know at least what you're talking about because of having played it. But yeah, listeners, if you've never played it, right. you're, you're getting into talking about movable feasts like I did with you. <laughs> right. So anyway, but there's like two very different plot lines that you can tell eventually will come together, but it's doing a really good job of like jumping you between the two of them in an interesting way. So in storm, blood um i'm currently level 62 i've opened up three of the zones and they're actually pretty big i don't know how many zones there are in this expansion because they're huge compared to heaven's word um i did the first real dungeon and then i did a few of the solo instances along the way in the single player story so i'm really liking it i'm thinking i'm about to hit the end of level 62 content and then i'll probably have to do a little bit of leveling which i haven't had to yet i've just been doing critical path main story but i will report back next week or in two weeks here i think we actually have an evergreen episode coming up but i will report back next time we do geekery and let you know where i'm at that's awesome because i i look forward to hearing this because it's as much as i'm invested in another game right now i'm very excited at the idea of playing with my friends and even if i don't know i'll have to look it up and see if even starting on cactuar like that would let me play red mage because i have a different character i don't know we'll see i just don't want to yeah let's take a look at options and discuss offline exactly yeah but if you guys have comments suggestions or feedback our email address is geek2geekcast at gmail.com or reach us on twitter at geek2geekcast we also have longer discussion threads on our subreddit at reddit.com slash r slash geek2geekcast and with that in mind i want to throw in a would you be interested in a facebook group like our subreddit because i am interested in doing that because i do tend to be on facebook more than i am reddit so if you're like me Send me a tweet at, at Professor Beege or give us a message on our Facebook page, uh, the geek to geek at uh, it's at geek to geek cast as well. And if you'd be interested in a group for discussion there as well, um, you know, with that said, we are part of a podcast network. Everything would be included in there and the subreddit. So if you're not listening to everything that we put out, then you need to head over to geek to geek and see whatever we got that tickles your fancy. I blog at agreedmushroom.com and you can find me at GRN Mushroom. That's Green Mushroom without the E's on Twitter. 
And I'm on Twitter as at Professor Beej. That's Beej with the two E's I stole from his green. And you can find me online at BJKeaton.com. We've been Void and Beej with your geek to geek podcast. That'll do it for this week. See you next week, geeks. Bye, geekies. Comics. Hey everyone, this is Rob, your friendly neighborhood comic geek. And this is Liam, the the languishing, lascivious Liam of Langley. Wow, that was extremely illiterate of you. Well, I try. We are the hosts of the Comic Box, part of the Geek to Geek Podcast Network. So join us. Bop, bop. Oh, yeah.